Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Okay. All right. So IWorkForHim.com and we got new great things coming out within the next couple of weeks. We're going to have an updated website. Yes. We're very excited about that. Our very own Julia Hartland. She's working on our website. She's part of our trust services team. You know, Martha, let's talk about that today because we've got our commercials out there and my mom called me last night. She goes, you know, your trust services commercial, it could be a little bit more specific. <laughs> I love you, Mom. Thanks for being... Thanks for the feedback. That's right. So our website is servicesbytrust.com, and we specialize in working with small businesses. And our goal is in working with small businesses is to help one-on-one, either me and you or Martha and you, depending whether you're a man or a woman, sitting down with you trying to identify pain points in your business that you that you want to remove. And we specialize in bringing in outsourced services to help take care of those pain points. We've got a network of trusted professionals that we... No, we'll do what they say they will do. You don't have to worry about them. And that's what we do. But we start off with accounting and tax, which is an in-house part for us. We mm-hmm. have a fantastic Christ-following CPA tax accountant. Her name is Cheryl, and she does a fantastic job. And we can do as much as just doing your annual corporate tax return all the way down to we can help you with monthly bookkeeping. Here's something that I think would excite a lot of people. Think about the fact that you could have somebody else reconcile your bank statement And when you're a business, you know that's a very good practice. I know there are a lot of people that personally avoid that at all costs, but it is really important if you want to know where your financials really are to make sure you're taking care of these kinds of things. But have somebody 
reconcile your bank statement, reconcile your credit card statements, and then be able to even pay bills for you, maybe even generate payroll, take care of those deposits, those things that you just go, oh, I know I'm supposed to do it. And then at, at the 11th hour, you're submitting all of that and you don't have time for it and you're staying up all night doing it. You can sleep good at night knowing that Cheryl's doing it for you. Well, and the cool part is we got great, as we mentioned earlier, we got Julia as part of her team. She's a graphic, she does graphic artwork, so she can do logos from scratch. She's doing websites. Uh, she is truly able to do incredible artwork. And uh, we've got, uh, uh, we're hiring a new member of our team. Very, very quickly, we'll have a new member of our team, which we'll go announce maybe next week. Ooh, that, that, that will be, be a team support person. That'd be fantastic. Martha, you and I got to meet one of our fans, one of the I Work For Him nation audiences, Ruth. We met her at the uh, Got It Work conference on uh, Got It Work Forum on Friday, at, uh, sponsored by C3TB. And you can find out more about the Christian Chamber of Commerce online at C3TB.org. But Ruth came up and uh, she introduced herself, said she was one of our fans. And she said to not me... Not that we're looking for fans, no, but we're, we're, we're glad not, that she's a listener. We're not <laughs> looking for fans, but we love to have listeners and we love to get uh, words of affirmation because yes. this is a tough job to do every day. It was really neat to hear that she listens faithfully and then she had a little piece of advice for you jim yes she did ruth this is for you hey if you'd like to call in today and join our discussion on great tips for your marriage call into the studio line at 877-943-9673 ruth says i say it too fast because i normally say it like this 877-943-9673 so 877-943 9673. Ruth, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> that was perfect. You did a great job. <laughs> well, and I just, you know, I love to get the feedback from listeners. And you guys could always email us, Jim at IWorkForHim.com. Pretty complicated. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com. Either way, go out to IWorkTheNumberForHim.com and you can send either of us an email. It'll get to us. All right. So we're talking today about tips for a great marriage. And, you know, before I get to that, boy, I'm feeling, I've been doing this all day today. What's that? Well, I got another, I had another thought. On you have Friday, a lot of thoughts. I do. On Friday, I was thinking the same thing. On what? On Friday's show, we'd like to invite you to call into the show on Friday. That would be awesome. We would. But love you that. need to plan in now. What we're looking for is people to share testimonies of how God is working in their lives in the workplace. What's God doing? Or maybe you got a challenge and you want an answer to the challenge. And how do I approach this situation? We'd love for you to call in. So plan now to call in on Friday's show our I Work For Him radio roundtable show. But you, you just need a plan. Plug the call-in number into your phone if you'll be in your car. Yes. 877-943-9673. I was thinking they could actually put it on their phone, on their calendar, and say, oh, it's time for the show. Let me call in. Yeah, we just want to hear. From, we, we This show is not about Jim and Martha. It, it's not about... It's not about us. It's all about what's God doing and how can I learn and be inspired by your step of faith? How can I learn and be inspired by what God is doing in your life? That's what we're trying to do. And by having the listeners call in, it gives us fresh perspective. It helps other people to learn from um, their people that are, we're all peers. We're all in this together, but just um, other perspectives other than ours, because we are in an office setting. We're working together. We don't have the same 
situations as everybody else. So we just love to hear from them and, and have that be an encouragement or a challenge for others that are listening. Hey, maybe you've been married out there a long time and you want to share with uh, the audience today a, a great tip for marriages. Before we get into our list, we'd love to hear from you. 877-943-9673. All right. So uh, here's, uh, I loved, I wrote down my top ones right at the top of the list. I, I put it out there for you. I don't know if you knew that right at the top. Okay. Because these are ones that we've lived by all of them, but one. Okay. Okay. Never go to bed angry. Yes. We made a decision right from the beginning of our marriage that we would not end the day and go to bed angry. And why did we decide to do that? Well, because it's biblical. Okay. There's that. <laughs> not, let not the sun go down on your anger. That'd be the good King James version. And we don't, we also don't want things to fester. So by not going to bed angry, you're not waking up going, you know, we don't want to start stonewalling each other and causing there to be ongoing conflict. Right. If people go to bed angry, they don't usually wake up feeling better. They wake up alienated. No. However, when I was reading through these, Jim found several articles on different tips for marriages and stuff. It did bring up a really good point. And it was talking about the fact that if something is not solved at 2.30 in the morning, say you've been arguing for a very long time, that is it really going to get solved at 3 or 3.30 if you just keep hammering it and hammering it? And the point was, uh, there are some things that we argue about that are not even really an argument. Well, and, and that's right. So, but we, what we always usually decide is if we're having a stupid argument at 1030, that we would just end the conversation and agree. We just forgive each other and we'll, and we'll say, we'll wake up in the morning. If we need to keep talking about, it, we'll keep talking about, it. but right now we don't, we don't need to keep doing that because right. it is silly because we've done that before where we argued and then it just gets stupider and stupider well, all the way to Jupiter. I think there's a difference between in our relationship, um, having, an argument about are our kids going to go to a certain kind of school or are we going to pay for their college versus you didn't put the sheets on right after we did the laundry. You know, there's there sometimes we're just tired and silly things make us argue. So making sure that this is not a mountain to die on, you know, let's let it go and say, okay, I might be wrong. Have we ever had an argument like that? Um, yeah, well, I know. We I, have. I'm pretty sure. Most of the time the stupid have. arguments start after Nine o'clock, though. Yeah, that's my point. All right, so don't go to bed angry. Yeah. How about this one? Don't walk out during an argument. Now, I want to put I want to put some clarifiers in this. For us, if we're if I'm angry or really struggling, all of a sudden I'm super duper emotional. I just need to walk away for thirty seconds, take a deep breath, and then walk back in. Martha, however, would like to beat the point a little further into the ground, and I just need I just need a little space so I can step back down off of my high horse and then come back in walking away, driving away. That's not what we're talking about. That's not acceptable. Taking a deep taking breath. Taking a breather. Taking a breather is okay. Now, there are a lot of you out there like, I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about it. I got to talk, 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 talk. That is not healthy. You sound like Mark Gungor there just now. Really? That's what women do. He says that. He goes, talk, 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 talk. <laughs> and that is what we do. I, I know. If, I wonder if that is patented by Mark Gungor. It probably is true. Yes. Okay, so don't walk out in your argument, but also... Husbands or wives, don't browbeat your spouse to death by just talking yeah. and talking and talking. Once you've made your point, Martha, what do you usually say to me after I've made my point? After you've made your point? Yep, you usually say, I get it. Okay. Is I that what it. I say? I didn't I, even know. Yeah, I get it. Okay. I don't need to hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ever say that. 
I don't say talk to the hand. Talk, yeah, t- you know, don't talk to the elbow. The hand's not worth the extension or something. I can't remember Ooh, what that it is. Be very That's nice. not very nice. No. All right. All right. So never go to bed angry. Don't walk out an argument. Forgive quickly. That's something really what we learned from love and respect was just recognize that we're misunderstanding each other. Say, I love you. Please forgive me. I love you. And hug and kiss and then just work it out. Yeah. Not holding on to things, not keeping score, not remembering and bringing back up all those things that really don't matter anyway. One of the greatest gifts our Heavenly Father has given us is he doesn't keep track of all of our rights and wrongs. When Christ pays the price for our sins, when you put your trust in Christ for what he did on the cross for your sins, God wipes it clean. And that's what we're supposed to do with our spouses, wipe it clean. If you are a list keeper of all the past sins of your spouse, you are in violation of what your Heavenly Father desires for your spouse, knock it stinking off. You know, I just had a visual of that. And if you are a list keeper and you're dragging this huge scroll of wrongs, <laughs> what a burden that is. It what is. a burden to carry right. that around and then let it bring go. it up hey, every time. Let it go. Ace, Aww, come on, sing it for us. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Come on, now Disney do- wrote the song for that one. Let it go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. All right. Never go to bed angry. Don't walk out during an argument. Let it go. Forgive quickly. And these are patterns that if you're dating somebody, these are patterns you need to start right now. Let's give you the number one and number two. Absolutely, you cannot have a successful super-duper marriage without number one and two. We didn't mention these yet, Martha. Martha's looking at her notes. Honey. I didn't mark number, number one, one and number two. number oh, one and two. Oh, 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 oh okay. Number one. Yes, I thought there was something on the list. No, these the, are our number one and number two. Oh, wait, before we get to number one and number two we got to thank our show sponsors. These are people that keep us on the air every day. I would love it if you would do business with them. These are people that provide services that you can use. Most Insurance. Find them online at mostinsins, like insurance, ins.com, mostins.com. For auto and home insurance, we're all buying it. Would you buy it from them? Let them know how much you appreciate uh, them supporting the show. For Luke and Dave and Randy from Bel Air Wealth Management, listen, if you're working with a financial advisor that's not or wealth advisor that's not a Christ follower, stop. You need to work with somebody that understands who Jesus is and how he's made an impact on your life. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. And if you think about going back to school and you want to get a biblical worldview along with your MBA or maybe finishing up your undergrad degree, Look it up online at Crown College, crown.edu forward slash radio. All right, number one, the number one thing to keep your marriage on track, drum roll. Oh, that was pretty good. Was it? (laughs) Pray together. Couples that pray together. Stay together. That's right. Martha and I started praying together when we were dating way back when, before cell phones. And Mm -hmm. wow, we can even say that, can't we? We can. And really, cell phones and PCs. This is true. Oh, my gosh, are we old? Ah! The the only thing that started with I was when you said, I love you. I love you, baby. No iPhones, no iPads. That's right. That's right. Before the internet, before cell phones, we started praying together. And it's made a huge difference in our lives because what it does, you can't be angry and all towards each other and then pray. You just just can't. It it forces us to deal with the issues that we're dealing with and then pray together. And we always, we've always ended every day in prayer. I suppose we missed maybe one or two in uh, the last couple of, uh, you know, several decades. But 
we almost get it down. And then Martha, about a year and a half ago, said, you know what? We need, we need to do, we just need to start praying together in the morning too. And so that we've been doing that. And it's huge. It's a huge difference. And we tell every couple we work with as we're marriage mentoring them, listen, if you're not praying together, you got to start praying now. So if any of you are listening and you're not praying together, we're going to ask you the next time we see you. So you better start praying together. Okay, so let me interpret that into the ears of those that are hearing. That was a loving. No, I know. Oh. I know. But it is, but truthfully, it is, um, there is nothing better than being able to come before our Heavenly Father with our spouse. And so there have been many people over the years that we've just said, you know what, just take the initiative. Just say, hey, can we pray together? And what a difference it's made. And it's just been incredibly powerful. So the testimonies are out there. And um, it it's one of those things that people can tell you that it's good. And it's the a wonderful thing to do in your marriage. But until you implement it and, and try it for yourself. And I don't want it to sound like some, um, you know, recipe for success but it really is because bringing <laughs> invite not? well because there's so many things that are cliche no, no, no. but the this point is, not is cliche, i know that's what i'm saying but the beautiful thing is that i got all excited here i was like putting my hands together so jim's making fun of me but um is that it really is you've often said it's the secret sauce it's that thing that so many people miss that's right in front of him okay we said that we were going to be a marriage when we said our vows that christ was going to be in the center of it but how many people really took that seriously and start today make today the day that you really make that intentional there you go all right so praying together i don't get up on a soapbox very often so. <laughs> step on down maybe. no it's okay this is a great soapbox i know all right but you know you talk about 25 tips for a great marriage number one pray together and husbands we're talking to you but wives do not expect your husbands to always be the perfect leader. Sometimes you can say, hey, honey, can we pray? That's okay. That's okay. Guys won't be offended by that. No. All right. So that's the number one. Number two, schedule time to talk every day. So many of you out there, and yes, we're talking to ourselves, but we still make time to talk. So many of you out there are so stinking busy. You never take time to talk to each other. You let the world control you and you drift apart. Yeah, and that's not where we want to be. We don't want to wake up one day and go, man. Who is this person sleeping next to me? Who is this person and what are we even doing? You know, I don't even know. It's so many conversations just center around what are the activities today? What time are we having dinner? If, what are we eating for dinner? If we're even having dinner. Are you and cooking tonight? I am actually. Do you already have a plan? I do. I have two plans and I've decided on one because it ended up rainy. I'd got out stuff to make chili. Chili. Does that sound good? Sounds You very better say good. yes because we're on the air. Sounds fantastic, baby. You're the best chili. cook ever. Listen, when we got married, I was 145 pounds. <laughs> I'm 225 now, and it's because Martha cooks. Oh, it's all my fault. Yes, it's all Martha's fault. She oh, loves to bake. My fault. All right, so number one, pray together. Number two, talk. Talk every day. I don't care whether it's by cell phone if you if you work opposite hours. You know, nobody had to tell us to talk when we were dating. Isn't no. it sad that we have to? I couldn't wait to get on the phone with you. Yes, that that thing connected to the wall can't. with a long curly cord. It was a landline phone. We yes. didn't know any of any other kind of phone. We didn't call them landline phones then. Now no. most people go, you have a home phone? You were, you were <laughs> stuck in the kitchen. You're so rock of ages. Pulling yeah, the cord right. over to the couch. I can just see it right now. No, no, now. no. My mom, I, I, I got a phone that had like a 30-foot long phone cord and then like a 30-foot long one of those extension, extension stretchy cords. Anyway. Uh-huh. So I don't know. We weren't really talking about anything. We were just sitting there talking, falling asleep on the phone with each other. All right. <laughs> All right. So and then no go the anger thing. If you're arguing, don't go to bed angry. Don't walk out during an argument and and um, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Those are great things. Now, 
These next two go together. And this is something, Martha, and I have not done well. Hmm, I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. Well, we, we do really good at making our relationship our first prayer. Oh, maybe we don't. We work a lot, but we work together. And, but we don't do a date night. We, do, we don't go on dates, but we don't have a date night. There are some people that we know that are really good at that. Yeah. We have not been really good at that. No, in fact, our good friends, Josh and Jen, taught us about the alphabet dating. Yeah, we implemented and we really that. They taught us about that, that in February. It's a great idea, but we've never done it. Josh and Jen were still on A. Yeah. Because we haven't done it yet. So what you're supposed to do is have a theme around that letter of the alphabet and then work your way through the alphabet. And in a year or whatever designated amount of time, you should be able to get through the alphabet. We have struggled there. So that's not, we're not, we're not speaking from experience there. We have gone on many, many dates. And really once our kids got into high school, we went on many weekends away once we could trust them at home and make sure they would feed themselves. Uh, And now they're grown and gone. So now the house is empty and we don't have a dog and we're not getting one either. Um, (laughs) You had to throw that in I did. It's because people like do that. They, they get empty nesters. They get a dog. They're like, why? Now you got... Anyway, keep a date night and make your relationship a top priority. What does that look like? Keeping your relationship the first priority. Because that's really kind of wrong. That's not biblical either. I mean, we mean, as far as how you spend your... T- no, that's not even good either. God's got to be your top priority. Sure. But if God's your top priority and you're praying, that keeps it in line. What you're saying is don't put your relationship with other people in front of your relationship with your spouse. Right. I think the danger is in um, being more focused on having me time, having time with my girlfriends, having time with your guy friends. Um, That can get very out of whack in a relationship. And then you are losing the time together. And so really, there's nothing wrong with those other things, but really doing everything in um, proportion. Well, and we have done date night, but we often go out with other couples. Mm -hmm. It's not just us, but it's important that you go out on dates and you hang out with people that are like-minded, like economically to you. Yes. I said that wrong, but... Socioeconomic. No, not social. I don't care if they're from my soul... Like okay. Social circles, well, but I'm just like, if you know, if you're well, making, don't, if you if, if, if you can't making, afford to spend a hundred dollars on the date, don't go out with people that that's, that think a hundred bucks is nothing. No big deal. So you just want to be of the same, you know, mind on that. It's together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. We're talking about 25 tips for a great marriage, and if you're just dating somebody, these are great tips as well. And if you've just tuned in right now, I'm sorry, we won't be able to repeat all of them, but you can always go out and listen to the archives. That's right. Just go out later on this evening and check out our website, and we've got the archives out there for you, so you'll be able to uh, listen to the whole thing. You know, and uh, we know that people are just tuning in. They're stuck in traffic today. It's raining, and you know, Tampa. Welcome. Welcome. Yes, we're, but we want to invite you. We've got a Hillsong CD to give away, and... We'd like for you to call in and get it. And maybe you got a great tip for what's making your marriage fantastic. 877-943-9673. You know, a lot of times when people are getting married, they have a wedding shower. And at least for the women, because I know you're always jealous. You're like, why do they have the showers for the women and not for the men? Yeah, it's so sexist. But one of the things that is often done at a wedding shower is pieces of advice are collected, either on a note card or some really cute form that the bride is to keep and refer to. So... If you have ever been given that kind of information and there was something of value that you really appreciated, we could hear from that as well. <laughs> I was having amazing thoughts going through my head. If a guy's had a wedding no. shower, the advice would not be printable, probably. But maybe if you did couples' wedding showers, then the advice would be 
you know, rewritable. So one of the things, so, can I go to one of my points? Well, no, no, or one did of, you have the, something you the want to say? The last one, the one, we've got new business partners in our new business, Trust Services, which you can find out more about us online at servicesbytrust.com. Chris and Bob inspired us in, in July. They, they're like, hey, before we get started on our strategic planning weekend, we, we do devotions together. You guys want to join us? I'm like, well, that's a simple thing. And they just read a short little one pager and then prayed together and then started the day. I'm like, wow. That makes me feel guilty. I could, we could have been doing that for the last 30 years. So ever since Did it make you feel guilty or did it inspire you? Yes. Okay. Well, it made me feel embarrassed that I really hadn't been that bold and like, that's just silly. I mean, we've always been reading our Bible next to each other, sitting in bed. Right. And often the same passages. And often the same passages. All right. So it is, uh, but doing devotions together. I mean, and we're not talking about anything fancy, but we just found there's all kinds of couples devotionals out there and they usually have a little story and then a little question to ask each other. Yes, yeah, so right now we're reading one that um, the whole last week it talked about. It goes through the alphabet, so it Must. has different themes. And we started and we're in October the R's in this one. right yep. now, and so it's been a lot of lessons on rebuke, respect, and respect, and reproof, and reproof. So it's been very interesting. But we've been learning a lot in these little things, and um, so now even at this stage in our marriage, we're still learning new things that we can do to strengthen our marriage, and that was a huge one for us because it just. And we're doing it at the end of the day and uh, gives us a good conversation and something to pray about. Something to pray about. Go ahead. You okay. Had, you had something on your list. You want to, You were excited. Well, I was thinking. What number is this? Number seven. Now, here's something people need to know. We did not tell each other what's, what items of this list of 25 marriage no, tips that secret. you found that we were circling. And I circled number seven. And I believe that this actually was something that was... Um, given to me as a word of wisdom when we first got married. And it's something that really stuck with me is that when I dress up, that I should make sure that my intentions are that I'm dressing up for you and not for the others that are going to see me. And I, and I took that even to heart when I was home with the kids all the time, that I made sure that I still was taking care of myself, that I wasn't just running around and sweats and yes back in the 80s I like to wear the inside out sweatshirt and all of that but make sure that I still looked cute even when I was home and not because the kids cared because they didn't care but because I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself for you and I re- I appreciated that advice what I love is you didn't you didn't read the whole rest of the sentence because it says when you dress up make sure the main person you're dressing up is for your husband and put on lipstick I'm glad you didn't say that lipstick tastes disgusting Okay, so thank you for not doing that. Hey, and so for the guys, leave the toilet seat down. That's one of the things that I do no matter where I am, even if it's in a public restroom, you know, guys, seriously, put the toilet seat down. I mean, one of the funniest videos we did last year at the marriage retreat was that one where the lady in the middle of the night, her husband had left the seat up. And she falls in the toilet, and then she goes back and she shares the toilet sits water on him with him. Yeah. She's all covered. Okay, <laughs> moving right on to that one. Okay, but that's just a simple thing. I mean, seriously, guys, it takes two seconds. Put the toilet seat down for crying out loud. It's respectful. It is respectful. That's okay. very nice. That's a good one. It is. Yes. Okay. okay. Can I share another one? Sure. So here's another tip that I read, and this is so resonates with me. And it's number fourteen, Jim, for you if you're following along. You will never drift together. People only ever drift apart. So if you want to go grow closer, you have to be intentional about it. Oh, I circled that one too. Oh, yeah. You got to it first. I did. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting I, I point. I love that because you don't. Two icebergs don't, well, I suppose they sometimes collide, but 
you know, more than likely things in life drift apart. That is when there's nothing intentional to bring them together. So being intentional, we use that word a lot, but this, I love that concept that you don't just drift together. Well, and let's just talk about this because this is a major issue. And here's why it's an issue. In years past, not the last 40, but before that, for the most part, the wife was at home raising kids. And so when her husband came home, they were together. Now, the wife has gone with her own career. Man has gone with his own career. And they come home after grabbing the kids at daycare. They come home at 6 o'clock. They got to feed the kids dinner. And they got to get them to bed. Well, they got homework to do. And they got, maybe sometimes they got some sports. And they got to do the sports. And they got to get them ready. By 10 o'clock, they're exhausted. And they've never had a single communication point. And what we're saying is you have to work at this. And I'm telling you, and here's something we've also realized. And I understand in Tampa Bay, there's some ridiculously expensive places to live except that maybe Spring Hill is pretty reasonable, but, you know, it's also like 80,000 miles away by car because of the traffic. But it is, you choose wisely how you spend your money so you don't have to work so ridiculously hard and you can actually enjoy being married to the person you're married to and you're not gone all the time. We have all kinds of people that we talk to that they've made expensive choices where they didn't need to be that extravagant. Everybody needs a car, but let me understand. Let me just help you understand. I drive a Scion, a, a 2008 Scion. It gets me across the bridge every day. I drive it 50 miles a day, and I get 32 miles a gallon. So there, blah 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 blah. And I pay 8,500 bucks for it. That car does exactly the same thing as the Maseratis that I'm passing on the bridge, or they're passing me. Same thing. But that Maserati costs ninety thousand two hundred eighty. Now it's nice if you got ninety or one hundred eighty thousand dollars, fine. But if you don't, if you're not paying cash for it, buy a car you can afford, so you don't have to have a car loan. And then, I mean, we know people all the time they they have to get jobs because they got to pay the bills for debt that they got into. Oh, Martha, what? I was just bringing you back. <laughs> well, I just I feel bad for people. Just I'm just trying to help you. Yes. You know, you just if you need a car, great, get one with four wheels that you can afford. But don't make it change what you have to do. don't let your purchases change your life yeah and if you're working just for those purchases that's it's silly. time to reevaluate and just take a look and say are we are we so tired because we're working so hard because we're trying to pay for things we don't really need but the and and again that goes back to what we said about dating with people that um, if you're going to go out with another couple or something to make sure that you are not living outside of your means while doing that yeah, it's a it's a great point, and I'm not yeah. trying to rag on you because there's a lot of people that make lots of money, and and their their job choices don't impact aren't impacted by their purchases. But there's a lot of people out there that are. All right, so I liked number I don't know what I do right now. Okay, how about this one, number twelve? Because this is a big one. We talk about this on a, a lot with married couples. Number twelve, and it's not necessarily number twelve on our list today. What are we up to today? Ten, uh... maybe ten people or ten ten of them. Your kids come second. Not first. Your marriage needs to be number one below your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Your spouse was there before the kids and will be there after the kids move out. And yes, your children should move out. Work on that relationship first. Kids need to know that the world doesn't revolve around them. If you have your life revolve around your children, they're going to be screwed up. And when they get to the workplace, they're going to go, how come everybody's world doesn't revolve around me? And life doesn't revolve around us at all. But it should, your marriage is first. It should be first. 
And it's such a great encouragement because I need, I know that even. Well, that sounded like ragging, didn't it? I wasn't really being. No, very but good. even, but even in our lives, seeing how important our parents are to each other is an encouragement to us. So it's not just while they're at home and they're toddlers or preteens or even teens. It's forever making it clear that your spouse is a priority in your life. It just sets a huge example and raises the bar for others to see, oh, that is, it's very comforting to be in a home where um, one of the spouses really esteems the other spouse. Okay, for you. All righty. Oh, I love this one. You know how we tend to, at the end of the day, maybe lose a little bit of our patience and be tired or whatever. It says here, talk to your <laughs> spouse more kindly than you talk to anyone else in the world. Too often we speak the most harshly to those closest to us. Okay, all of you out there listening, if you've ever treated everybody nice all day long and then came home and barked at your spouse, raise one hand. Keep the other hand on the wheel or wherever you are. Raise your hand. Okay, all right. So here, everybody just raise your hand. And if you didn't, and you're married, you just lied. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because everybody does this. And it's so amazing that we spend all day long working with people that are driving us nuts and we build it all up. We build it all up and we get home. And the first thing we do is we explode. That's right. Explode all over our spouses. It's not fair. No, it's not fair. And I, and for some reason, we've conditioned ourselves that way and we just don't even think about it sometimes. You if you were on the phone with a complete stranger that's a vendor of yours for something in your business and things weren't going well, you should, in most situations, still be trying to solve the the issue or the com- conflict or whatever it is with a kind tone and a kind approach. And yet we are so quick to say, what do you mean? What are we having for dinner (laughs) or whatever, you know, whatever the case might be. um, It's really easy to let our guard down. And that is not the way we want to treat our spouses. Well, just in case you think we're full of garbage today about this one, you know, how many of you on your way to church were having a super big argument in the car on the way to church? Because the enemy always loves to do that. You have an argument, but it doesn't matter about what it is, but how come we're late again? Every time we're late to church, I can't believe, can't you just get out the door on time? Why do you, can't you put your clothes, whatever you're arguing about. And you step out of the car and somebody says, Hello, John. You're like, hey, how you doing? And you totally fake through it. Why don't we ever do that for our spouses? And maybe we just need to start yelling at people during work so we come home and we have more patience for our spouses. No, I don't think so. Okay, no, we don't need to do that. But we need, if people are frustrating us work, we need to let them know they're frustrating us. Sure, that would be true. In a nice way without raising your voice. But I think the point of this is, is that we are able to exhibit self-control with complete strangers, but yet we let our guard down with the people that we supposedly love the very most. And that's wrong. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, too. I've done it many times. I'm sure I have, too. Please forgive me. You're forgiven. I love you. I love you. There. That was good. That was good. Okay. All right, so let's uh, let's just talk about. Well, uh, maybe. Well, go ahead. You have one you wanted to talk about. I do. Um, All right. Well, I'll talk while we're getting your mic fixed up there. All right. So let's let's just look about one you said that uh, was uh, you were talking. Oh, number seventeen. Okay. Don't say everything that's on your mind. More marriages will survive if more things went unsaid. So, you know, I think, I don't know if I could do that because I'm always just feeling like what I've got to say is so important. But I know most of the time when I say things like that, you're like, that was not very nice. Yeah. You know, I was thinking. All right. Okay. So we're, 
really the point to that one is that if we, not everything that's in your mind needs to be said. And sometimes it's just sin. <laughs> I think that that's what's really important for us to understand. Sometimes we just have things in our head that we just need to reject. And that's really important that we just say, you know, let's just keep our mouths quiet because it's so important that we honor God with our conversations and not with not ourselves, because a lot of times we're just fighting for our own selves and trying to, you know, keep up with our, I don't know, the thoughts that are in our head. So that was, that was a good list, Martha, that we went through today. And I, I think some of the highlights uh, really were just the number one and number two. I want to reiterate those. The number one and number two way to make your marriage solid, and you've heard us say those before, is pray together. You got to pray together. You got to pray together. Super, super duper important. And number two, make time to communicate, set aside time to communicate with each other each and every day. All right, we'll finish this conversation another time on Together on Tuesday, but it's come to the end of another I Work For Him show. Thanks for tuning in today. Really appreciate you listening. I'm glad that uh, you're hopefully home safe by now. Hey, thanks so much to Most Insurance, Bel Air Wealth Management, and Trust Services and Crown College. If you want to find out more about them, just go out to our website, iWorkForHim.com, and click on the links to their websites. And when you get home today, would you consider going out to iWorkForHim.com and clicking on the I Work For Him Nation tab? We're looking for a thousand people in Tampa Bay to make the commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. And why? Because prayer changes things. It changes our hearts. You and I can make a difference in our workplace if we just start praying for the people that we work with. You know, we talk every week on I Work Rims Together on Tuesdays about how our marriage relationships impact our workplace. And keep in mind, one of the greatest things you can do as a Christ follower in your workplace, if your marriage relationship is solid, you're setting an example for relationships throughout your workplace. People look to you and your spouse, your relationship as an example for what a real good relationship looks like. They're looking for inspiration. So it's important that we work on it. As Christ followers, we're the inspiration for the country because people have given up on marriage. They're so discouraged. They think, how can it be done? And I'm telling you, marriage is not only the greatest, it is the solution beyond Jesus Christ changed my life. My marriage is my inspiration every day. I love being married to Martha Brangenberg. It's incredible. You too should have a fantastic marriage, but you got to work on it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, right here on Together on Tuesdays on I Work For Him. I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. <laughs>